we are continuing on with part two of the last podcast in the series, Refined by Fire. Thank you for joining me, Brad and Marty. All right, so let's jump into Acts chapter 10. Uh, This is verses uh, 1 through 2. And verse 1, it says, At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. So, uh, just to give us a little background, here's this uh, Roman uh, centurion who... They called it God-fearing. So that's a little different because basically he is a believer of God, but he did not convert to Judaism. So he did not, you know, get circumcision, did not follow all their uh, rituals and all that. But he still believed in God uh, and worshipped God. So that, that's just to give us a little background into what it means to be God-fearing versus others who are converts to Judaism. Uh, but reading on, it's good to know. in verse uh, 3, it says, One day at about 3 in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He's staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and the devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. Looking on to verse 9, it says, About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. In verse 15, it says, The voice spoke to him a second time, Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheep was taken back uh, to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out asking if Simon was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The man replied, We have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man and is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told them to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the man into the house to be his guest. The next day, Peter started out with them, and some of the believers from Joppa went along. You know, what, what do you think was the message that um, God was trying to give to Peter through that vision when he said, Do not call anything impure that God has made clean? 
What do you guys think? I think on the surface of that, um, in context of what we're talking about today, is what I mentioned earlier is God's standards. Mm. Um, and so, I, I, there might be a, uh, a, a there might be a point that you want us to have, but I think for me, <laughs> in hearing this, is like clearly there are things that we believe and we we think that should be done certain ways. There are things that um, I believe I need to do to be a good disciple, if that's the term I want to use. Others may think this is a good way of doing it. There's different ways. Um, I think culturally, there are different ways that we do things. Um, and, um, and so how we come across to each other and how we interact with each other based on those differences, um, it really makes a difference in how people feel about you. Right, so I think God's saying, "Don't worry about it. If I make them clean, if I want them to be part of our kingdom, if I want right. them to be um, called my son and daughter, then that's for me to determine, mm-hmm. not you and your interpretation of what it should look like." Right. Right. So I think it, it hits me in that way is that it's clearly uh, God saying, "Hey, this is I'm opening it up. I'm mm-hmm. opening it up." And Peter, you're gonna help me usher this new paradigm shift. Right. Right. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. I mean, I think it goes back to one of the things that you were sharing, that uh, we all share Christ's blood. So in one sense, I mean, even though we're all different, have different backgrounds, uh, maybe different ethnicities, uh, that blood that's common with us uh, it is the thing that makes us clean. I mean... First thing that comes to my mind is, what did it mean for Peter, and how it must have been such a huge revelation for him? Because mm-hmm. you know, th- here's a Jew, a Jewish man that was, I assume, brought up in some kind of education of the Torah, mm-hmm. and how we know in Leviticus, God made it pretty clear that there were some pretty unclean things to eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we know God doesn't contradict Himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now he's saying no. These are clean, and I I don't I don't know, but it makes me think. It makes me think all the way back to the garden when God made things and it was good, mm-hmm. and it almost makes me take me out of take me out of grain of salt here because I haven't studied it, but it almost makes me think like God was starting a new chapter of renewal. Mm-hmm. He was bringing back restoration again. I think we're still kind of in that process of God making things full again and renewed and so that's just my initial thoughts and again I haven't studied it so take me out of grain of salt Peter had to overcome different prejudices that he had grown up mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. as uh, as a Jew and God is kind of walking him through that um, to to get to that point uh, and that, that's kind of like the whole point of our podcast is overcoming prejudice. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us, I think we all have different forms of prejudice. I, I've, uh, I've had experienced on my end uh, when I first came to the United States. Uh, I'm Chinese and uh, actually I moved from 
Taiwan to South America to to come here to the United States and you know certainly uh, going to a different country you, you face different you know different things just being picked on because you look different or yeah. you can't speak the language or whatever but uh, there's different things that we we go through and then we build these prejudices um, and Peter had some that he had to really um, work on overcoming. And it's great because we see God taking him through that process. Uh, Acts uh, 10, verse 24, it says, The following day he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I am only a man myself. Hmm. While talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You are well aware that it is against all law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. I think Peter is kind of opening his eyes. Right, just to start seeing, okay, I think I get God's message a little bit. Um, mm. And, you know, the great thing is, this is something that God had been doing all along, even through the Old Testament, right? When he looked at Abraham and says, hey, you know, all nations going to be blessed through you. Yeah. Uh, back again to the whole concept of all nations. So now as a church that just started they're trying to figure things out because when the church started it was basically just jews right the the disciples who followed jesus were all jews and so they're trying to figure things out and god is working through peter to help them to see that in acts 10 verse 44 it says while peter was still speaking these words the holy spirit came on all who heard the message the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished at the gift of the Holy Spirit and poured out even on Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their, their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. Hmm. Okay, so this is a, an occurrence of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, uh, where the Spirit comes on them, right? Uh, there are two other instances that this happens in the New Testament. You guys know when those were? Yeah, one of them is in Acts 2. Okay, Acts 2. Pentecost. Yeah, at Pentecost. Um, there's one other time. The, the other time... Uh, oh. was in Samaria <laughs> when actually um, uh, you know Peter went to Samaria because Philip was there and he started converting the Samaritans right so right, it's interesting right, right, because right. the three times that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit came um, you know that happened in the New Testament one was at Pentecost mm -hmm. and it was to usher in uh, God's kingdom for the Jews right that's in Acts 2. Right. Um, the second time was basically God ushering um, 
in the Samaritans right. into his kingdom. Right. In Acts, Acts uh, 8. Here in Acts 10 is again uh, where God is ushering in the Gentiles right. into his kingdom. Right. But God had to like directly intervene right, to show the Christians, the, the baptized disciples that, hey, I accept these guys. Right. And just as the Holy Spirit came on you, right. it came on the Samaritans, and now it came on these Gentiles. Right. So pretty neat. It's, I think it's significant because that's how the people in Pentecost knew that the apostles were chosen by God. Mm -hmm. Right. And you, you see the same thing happening to Samaritans and mm -hmm. Gentiles, right. just like the apostles. Yeah. Which is like a huge sign because, you know, the apostles are like huge figures in the New Testament. So mm -hmm. I think it's really showing that God didn't show any favoritism at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if we jump into Acts chapter 11, Peter, when, after he went back to Jerusalem, he, had, he really had to explain to the rest of right, the church right. what was going on. Right. Right. Because... They were kind of like, what? Um, you know, in verse 1, it says, The apostles and the believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, You went into the house of an uncircumcised man and ate with them. Um, you know, it's interesting, right? Because these are uh, the reaction of the other Christians. Does that, does that surprise you at all? No, not, I mean, not for me. It, it doesn't surprise me. In Acts 11, uh, Peter really had to go back in, even though he was criticized. Um, you know, he had to explain to them what was uh, happening. And uh, God had given him and um, is helping the rest of the church kind of like what uh, you were saying, uh, Marty, the paradigm shift, right? Coining the phrase from Stephen Covey, right? That's like, boom, okay, uh, God wants all nations. When he meant all nations, he meant all nations. Yes. Uh, not just go to these nations and convert other Jews mm. to Christianity. So uh, it, it was a very big paradigm shift. Mm. Uh, what's interesting is that even though Peter has this paradigm shift, um, did he really finally get it? He, he kind of does, uh, but it's not the end of the story. So let's jump to uh, Galatians chapter 2, and I'll show you a little bit as we kind of wrap things up. But in Galatians chapter 2, um, verse 11 through 16, it says, when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed them to his face. This is Paul talking. Because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in the, his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy even Barnabas was led astray 
When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, You are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile, not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish custom? We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by, justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. Mm. So we're kind of stepping a little bit further on where Peter uh, goes to the church in Antioch. And he is at first kind of hanging out, fellowshipping with the other Christians who were Gentiles and eating with them and then all of a sudden, these other Jewish Christians came to the church and he kind of started separating from them. So what, what do you guys see happening here with Peter? He was influenced. Mm -hmm. He was influenced by Jewish Christians to sit with the circumcised, to sit with Jews only. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if he lost sight of that newfound conviction uh, that God accepted the Gentiles but just like just like us right uh, peer pressure hmm. uh, trying to please other people we kind of like oh well you know I think that's what happened to him um, you know when you think about that hmm. um, how does that relate to us today you know one of the things that I um when I'm seeing this passage and I'm thinking about what it relates to us today is this these events didn't happen in America mm. and this happened a while ago in different cultural contexts everything was different mm. and yet when I see in America now is this hypocrisy regarding um, who can be Christians? What mm -hmm. is the image of a Christian? Mm -hmm. And when you see all kind of images in the media, and um, it it hurts my heart when I think about how people use the scriptures to um, justify prejudice or use the scriptures to justify separation mm. instead of looking how God looks at it. And I like what Brad said: the peer pressure of um, or being influenced by others um, to put up barriers, to put up um, a curtain, so to speak, between you can worship over there, but over here we're going to worship in this way and this is how it has to be done. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's like, well, what about worshiping God's way? Mm -hmm. And I think people have, not appropriated, but they have taken from the culture of the Bible and some people have used it against others mm -hmm. and that just not what God's spirit's about you know and mm -hmm. I think that's where I'm when I see that and so it's interesting to see it from this lens looking at these scriptures now because when you're studying the Bible and when you're looking at the word and you're seeing how God wants you to be and then you compare that to that of the world and the world standards and you can see how men has distorted the meaning of what the word is all about mm -hmm. it it I think a lot of ways we have to be careful not to fill in the blanks 
but to go back to the scriptures and really live it, live through it, and live and be sold on it mm. and convicted by it. Because to me, it, it sounds like when we look at this and you look at, okay, Peter, who is a strong leader, he's kind of, well, okay, 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 maybe, I, maybe I'm going too strong. But the idea is that, no, it's God's way. Mm. And how do we follow God and not man? Right. Right. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, that's, that's great, a uh, great way of looking at, at this. Yeah, I mean, to add just a little bit more, I mean, I think Uncle Mark, Marty's right. Um, I think Peter forgot about he forgot, he forgot about Jesus and what faith in Jesus represented. I think he forgot about the center of the gospel being Christ centered. You know, and I think what it means for us today is like we really have to know our Bibles. Mm-hmm. I think we really gotta dig down deep into the scriptures mm-hmm. and not have a an appearance of a general understanding but we really we're really rooted in it i think um you know again we see peter taking a step forward going yeah this is this is what god wants and then all of a sudden he kind of takes a step back but that's that's just um the great thing about peter and the great thing for us to realize that you know we, we're all um we're all fallible uh, yeah we're, we're just men and women trying to do our best to follow God and uh, but yet we are susceptible to falling back on different things and just like we see Peter here he started kind of being a little shaky on that conviction of this is my brother this is my sister that's something that he really had to overcome and if we look at um, uh, jump back to first Peter in uh, chapter 2 in verse 9, it says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, mercy but now you have received mercy. Mm-hmm. And... Again, this is him writing towards the end of his life um, during the early 60s. He's writing to the churches in the province of Asia. And what's neat about the, uh, the province of Asia is that those churches were predominantly made up of Gentile Christians. Mm. And if you look at that, you look at what he's saying, he's saying, you know, you are a chosen people, right? You're a royal priesthood. I mean, that is pretty amazing uh, to look at how he saw them towards the end of his life. And he goes, you know, I've overcome this. Now this is what I see. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the power, I think, of, of what God has done in his life and in his heart. That he'd be able to Look at a Gentile Christian and say, you know what? That's my brother. That's God's special possession. Uh, so that's really powerful Man. to me. You know, just, just some scriptures for us to reflect on um, as we close things out. 
1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 to 13, it says, Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we are all given the one Spirit to drink. Mm. Colossians 3.11, it says, here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Um, again, Ephesians 2, 11 um, through 22, uh, it, it also talks again about us being uh, all members of his household. Um, so there's a lot of different things that I think we can find in Scripture to help us navigate through uh, even what's going on in our nation today. Uh, I think it's, it's good to have this dialogue. And like I said, you know, it's, this is not meant to solve anything uh, per se, uh, but I think it's, um, it is something that is good for us to um, start a conversation about. Uh, to look at different prejudices that may be uh, in our lives. And I think one of the things that we see uh, from the Bible is that, you know, the Christians back in the first century, they had to overcome prejudices in their lives to become, I think, God, what God had envisioned for them mm -hmm. uh, to be, which is His household, His family, um, that... For them, there is no Jew or Gentile or whatever. Uh, they're all one family, brothers and sisters. So, um, you know, just to um, some reflection questions uh, for us to think about. Uh, what are the prejudices that are in your life? Um, you know, if you have experienced prejudice against you, discrimination, uh, how does God want you to deal with it. Mm. Thank you guys for joining uh, me today in our podcast and thank you uh, the rest of you guys listening in uh, for uh, being part of this uh, Refined by Fire. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me and my various guests on this podcast series. Refined by Fire, looking at the Apostle Peter and his life and how God had worked through his life to help him overcome various things from doubt to worldliness to sinfulness to failures uh, to overcoming prejudice. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that it has brought a little bit of inspiration in your life through this podcast and stay tuned for future podcast series. Thank you from the Oahu Church of Christ.